Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition, first Monday show of the season of the NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Bet365. I am your tired host, Josh Harris. I was I was at the Jets game yesterday in the suite. Uh, first time the Jets beat the Eagles in franchise history, but I had to drive all over New Jersey because the people I went with just idiots. So I had I dr- I literally drove for like six hours yesterday when I lived forty five minutes from the stadium. But here we are. Um, I, I actually, I like this slate five game slate GPPs are pretty nice considering there is, you know, the Millie maker NFL showdown. Um, there's the spin tomorrow that they already posted hundred K to first. You don't see that too often in the NHL. So that's going to be a fun show tomorrow, but today we have five games. We have some firepower on this slate. We have, um, Matthews. Matthews, <laughs> but we have the, we have the you're, you're you're gonna name some more Leafs, and you're like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Just Matthews. <laughs> we got he's going up against Bedard tonight. Taylor Hall should be back. I, I do really like five game slates. Five to eight games are the sweet spot. I I feel like a broken record when I say that. We had a couple big slates over the weekend. How was your weekend? Not a bad weekend. Uh, didn't do well um, on Saturday night. That was the night Carolina was in Los Angeles. Carolina scored five goals on our Los Angeles Kings. And if I'm not mistaken, they got one assist out of their forwards on five goals. Uh, 15 shots from their forwards on five goals. So um, didn't do uh, that well on Saturday. Took last night off. Decided to catch up on Gen V. Do you watch the boys on Amazon? I am through two seasons, so I have okay. some catching up to do. Okay, yeah. Season three is really, really good. And then they just released a spinoff called Gen V, which is like superhero university, basically. But it's the same idea as the boys. It is it is really good. So got caught up on that last night. I did watch quite a bit of the Ducks game. Um, the Ducks look good. I mean, Carolina, you know, we were talking before the show, back-to-back, West Coast Swing. So maybe not at their best, but uh, Anaheim legitimately look good. I'm interested to see how they do, you know, over a bigger sample, but a uh, good start so far. One one game for the Ducks and we're sucked into playing them already. <laughs> or two games for I, I mean, we, yeah, we were, listen, we're, we're idiots on this channel. We're going to play the Ducks almost regardless uh, <laughs> of the situation or the slate. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go um, as they move along. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I was going to defend that take, but yeah, we're going to play the ducks. <laughs> oh yeah, we are. Yeah. Make sure to, uh, there's like 50 of you in here. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. 
If you do that, you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live so you can get here on time. If YouTube isn't for you, you can find all of our content over on the Stochastic Podcast channel. Make sure to uh, leave us a five-star review. Just say uh, Josh's giant melon sent you. Don't I'll know it, well, who it is. And then uh, don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. You'll get a shout-out in the weekly Hall of Fame segment. You can download the avatar at stochastic.com backslash avatar. Got a place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. Tweet the win to at stochastichof on X. Or if you don't have Twitter, email us, up, email us with your screenshot, support at stochastic.com. You will win a free month of stochastic package of your choice. You can only win once in a calendar year. But again, like I always say, if you are winning more than once, you should be just fine with the financials. Let's get into this five gamer. We're going to kick it off with a bang here over under six and a half. Trending toward seven. There's a couple seven over under on the slate. This could be a spicy slate. Detroit Red Wings with a 3.5 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 3.2 total. Wings morning skate was a bit interesting. They went 11-7 last game, and the coach really liked how it turned out. But in, in skate today, they had David Perron down on the third line with Sprong and Valeno. And honestly, I don't mind that line. Uh, not great power play correlation there, but we'll see if they go 11-7 or they actually run these lines. Luke well, they, they did say Jeff Petrie's going to be a healthy scratch, which, you know, not a good start to a season, but yeah. I, I'm assuming it'll it'll be 12-6 if he's being healthy scratched. Yeah, if that's the case, it's going to be to bring Cat Lark and Raymond, which, like, Raymond kind of shut us up for a game. He kind of had a decent game, 11-7. You know, it's just the show curse. It is what it is. JT Confer, Romfer, Johnfer, whatever his name is, Andrew Kopp, Michael Rasmussen on that second line. That should probably be their third line at this point. But that third line is Sprong, Valeno, Perron. Could be good. Like, I think I think Sprong will benefit from having Perron there because uh, Sprong's a good shooter. Perron's a very good playmaker. So Blue Jackets going with uh, Fantilli, Line A, Texier, second line of Marchenko, Jenner, Goudreau. If the, the Wings do run uh 12 6 like we, you are hinting at i kind of really like this general line going out against the cop confer line they're not i mean they're on the second power play unit they're kind of going split power play units again these teams the split power play units you know i get it from a hockey perspective from but from a dfs hockey perspective don't really enjoy it um i, I kind of like uh both sides of this game I mean, obviously, it's trending towards a seven over under. I just, you know, kind of wish it wasn't Raymond on the top line. I'll, I'm, I'm still going to die on that hill. Yeah, I okay. We do have to talk a little bit about Raymond because we do slag him quite a bit on the show, and he's he's a guy that I'm just I just generally haven't been high on. Like I thought, something they might do in the off season is is trade Raymond for the Brinkat. Um, I thought that might end up being the trade, and it would save them. Um, you know, they could get something else back for him or whatever. But anyways, he has been off to like, he has good production to start his career, but a lot of the underlying stuff that we look at play driving zone entries, you know, uh, scoring chance assists, like assisting on teammates, scoring chances, those types of things just really haven't been there. Um, the funny thing is when I looked for a player with a comparable start to his career. So like, you know, same kind of play driving output in his age 19 and 20 season, same kind of shot rate, 
et cetera, et cetera. The one guy that came up was Jesper Bratt. And I thought that was an interesting comp because if you look at Bratt's career, it took him basically like three, almost four years to kind of get going and turn into the player that he was. Um, this is Raymond's third season. You know, if he follows that path, it would still be another year. Maybe he's a year early on that because the reason we we're kind of low on him is because high-end guys tend to show that they're high-end guys fairly quickly in the NHL. Like it doesn't take them three or four years to show high-end offensive upside. Like even Jack Hughes, who had a brutal start to his career, there were some underlying numbers in those brutal, you know, months and seasons that showed the promise that he had. So that's kind of why we were low on Raymond. I'm just wondering, you know, maybe he, you know, the comp on the, on the show I made before too was Miko Rantanen. Maybe he's another Rantanen or another brat where it takes three or four years to really be acclimated. And, you know, if this is his breakout season and he turns into a player like that, then the line is probably undervalued, right? So that's why I'm kind of torn here is because if he is going to start a breakout, then they are underpriced, undervalued, under everything. If he's not, then they're overpriced, overvalued, and over everything. So it's kind of a, a little tough to say exactly, you know, what you want to do. Uh, but we should mention in the first two games together, Raymond and Larkin on the ice for 88 shot attempts per 60 minutes. <laughs> like, you know, only two games, but that's absurd. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, maybe this is not a breakout. So I don't really mind that Detroit top line, like obviously the matchup is a big part of it, right? Like Columbus is missing Zach Wierenski. Lots of questions in their all across their forward lineup, right? Like how good is Patrick Lyon as the center? Can Alex Tessier play in the top six? Um, you know, is Boone Jenner, you know, completely healthy, all those types of things. They're starting, you know, their third string goalie, I guess you'd call them. Um, so I, I like I don't really I, I don't really love Detroit one, but it is a really good matchup. And as you mentioned, um that those totals are trending up, the the, the game totals. So we have them on top stacks, uh twelve and a half percent ownership uh tonight on DraftKings. It's perfectly fine. Same thing on FanDuel, but they have a lower top two probability because of the way the salaries and the scoring works out over there. Um, I think they're perfectly fine to play. What I might do is make sure I get in one of the Detroit defensemen. Um, you know, we saw Morton Cedar have a huge game over the weekend. Uh, Shane Gostas Bear, you know, the minutes really haven't been there, but he's looked pretty good in at least in the bits of the Detroit games that I saw. And a lot of his, you know, underlying fancy stats for such a small sample are strong as well. Uh, so if you want to slide Goss's bear, bear in there with the stack, I think that's one way to go. Like, you know, I wouldn't be overly concerned about ownership. Like if they come in at like 12, 15%, like it's really not that big of a deal on a five game slate. If you are a little worried about it, like I would just throw in one of the defensemen. I'm not sure what else to do with the depth. Cause like you mentioned, like cop comfort Rasmussen should probably be the third line, but then who else would be the second line? You know what I mean? Like, like David Perron, like, I have to admit, I'm a big fan of his. I thought he was underrated coming into the season. He hasn't looked good. Like, there's a reason why he's been moved down to the third line, and it's his performance. So, like, that's why I'm not super high on that Detroit third line. And they're coming in way over leveraged uh, on FanDuel. So, you don't have to play them there. And even more over leveraged on DraftKings. Like, our top stacks tool, I'll bring it up uh, real quick. I won't show the whole thing. Um, 
but our top stacks tool, the top over leveraged line on DraftKings tonight, 3% top two stack, 11.7% ownership. I don't know. It feels like it's a pretty, it, if you're going to tell me that the Detroit second and third lines are going to be way over owned on a short slate, like I have zero problem saying I'm not playing the Detroit second and third lines. So I think for me, it's, it's Detroit one. Uh, or nothing. Um, like I said, mix in Cedar or Augustus Bear or whatever if you want on the blue line. On the Columbus side, this is tough, man. <laughs> it's it's really tough looking at those lines. Like I know the coach said he's treating, you know, the the new, you know, Fantilli line A or whatever top power power play unit as a top power play unit. I have a hard time believing that they're going to give that power play unit more ice time than Johnny Goodrow game in and game out for like weeks on end. So does it last a game? Does it last three games? Does it last 10 games? Like that's kind of the question. Um, for now, we kind of have to assume that power play unit is the top unit, but it's, it's just really, really weird. Like I, I'm not, I'm not super stoked on, um, you know, Alex Tessier or Adam Bockfist or whatever, getting more power play time than Johnny Goodrow. Like, I can't believe like a, a coach would run his team like that for a long stretch of time. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fine playing that Columbus second line um, just because they are perfectly correlated again on our top stacks tool uh, coming in perfectly fine ownership coming in at about 3%. They're coming in with a lot less ownership than the other line. Um, I, you know, despite the fact that they're, um, a little bit cheaper. I wrote up Adam Fantilli in the in, in the picks article. He's playing with Line A and Tessier. And I think it should be noted that Fantilli is second on the team, again, two games, but second on the team in, or first on the team in shot rate um, ahead of Line A. Like those are the two guys taking the shots for Columbus. And it, I bring it up because Fantilli, like he's a goal scorer. He's supposed to be a goal scorer, but he's not supposed to be like a huge volume shooter like Connor Bedard is. Um, the, you know, 30 goal guy, maybe 250 shots, but not, you know, we're expecting Bedard to get to like 350, 400 shots in the next couple of years. Like Fantilli's not supposed to be that, but he is shooting a lot. So I almost want to take advantage of it while he is shooting. So I got to say, I kind of like taking a chance on that line, a Fantilli, uh, Tessier line. Like if you want to leave Texier off, I think he's the guy that gets moved. Like if that line get, I know, I know. I'm a big Texier guy. I know you're a Texier guy. I'm a huge Ken Johnson guy too. So. I'm really not. I'm just thinking like if that line gets broken up, I think he's the guy that gets moved down, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to avoid the Larkin line. Like they're going to send out Boone Jenner and Johnny Goodrow against the Larkin line, right? So, you know, you're going up against uh, like Kopp and Rasmussen or you're going up against Valeno and Perron. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not worried about those matchups. So I, I got to say, I kind of like the line a line the best here. I think either the top two Columbus lines are certainly in play. Um, I don't know if I'd be stacking anything beyond that. What do you think? Yeah. I just, this game, I mean, I'm fine full stacking Texier in there. Cause just cause he's 2,700, right. If he gets an assist and a couple shots and then he like is minus three, and gets moved down. You already kind of hit the value there, but it's Spencer Martin in net, and that's giving me the biggest problem, right? He couldn't even stay on Vancouver with all the injuries. You know what I mean? Like this guy is a AHL goalie, so I, I, I think probably my favorite thing from this game is Detroit power play, and I think you know you mentioned uh, Prawns. 
you know, play hasn't been great, but people are going to see him on the third line and probably just leave him off. I think even one off in Cron or matching him with Cedar or Ghost, it's a nice way to get a little bit different. If you're worried about ownership, you can leave Raymond off at in Perron or, you know, you can do things. I, I think both sides are viable here and they're expecting goals. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, going Detroit power play, Detroit one is my favorite in this game, but line A, Fantilli. Texier is fine for me. You want to use that second. Like I, I agree with you. Like there's no way that Johnny Gaudreau isn't on the top power play unit by the end of this game. Like if if it, or like at the end of the week. Like by the end of the week, the coach is gonna be like, I'm an idiot. We just need to load the power play. So like, I think the second line's fine, but I'm gonna save a little bit and go Fantilli and and, and Line. A, I think. Yeah, I I like that too. Let's move on to the next game of the night. Another seven over under. And this game got some line changes, and it is a spicy meatball. Florida Panthers with a three total heading into New Jersey. I toured New Jersey yesterday. I probably passed that stadium like four times. The Devils have a 3.9 total. Uh, Flyers mixing up their er, – Flyers. I always do that. The Panthers mixing up their lines. They're going Alexander Barkov, Evan Rodriguez, and Sam Reinhardt as the top line at 17,100, making the second line E2D2 Lusterine and Maddie Kachuk and Carter Verhage at 7 4. Um, devil status quo here. So this is kind of important, right? Because Lusterine and Kachuk have very, very good numbers together, and they were like bringing everyone on their wing to credibility. Now you add in an, an excellent two way player in Carter Verhage. That line is going to be a wagon to deal with, and they're going to probably get the uh, the Hughes matchup tonight. Now, if you look at the top stacks tool, the Hughes line is second in top two stack percentage. They have the most positive leverage on the night. The thing with the Panthers is they're very high event. They take a lot of penalties. So I think, you know, the Hughes line certainly in play. I like the Hughes line going into the Barkov line. Now we're talking about this before. The show, I just have a tough time stacking the Heesher line going like without having Hughes or Brat. Like that line has been rolling. I don't know really how much I want to play that Heesher line. Like they're coming in at 7%. Like they're, they're the lowest top, uh, top six line in this game. I just have a hard time not stacking Jack Hughes on the devil. So I, I kind of think my favorite line in this game are both the second lines. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start on the New Jersey side. I did write up Andre Platt today in the picks article, uh, free to read over at stochastic.com. So just head on over, go to the NHL section. You'll see it there. Um, what I wrote is that, you know, Platt kind of had a tough year last year. Um, he was injured um, coming into New Jersey but him and Hisher played pretty well together, like 3.0 expected goals, 3.1 actual goals per 60 minutes. Like that's really good, like well, well above league average, um, like 24% higher. So, you know, perfectly fine offensively, you know, Platt, it's Platt's price more than anything, right? Like 4,300 is just really, really cheap. Um, that entire New Jersey line is only 17,700. You're saving over three grand from the top line. So it's, you know, it's a sizable drop. And they're going to get that Alexander Barkov matchup. And low key, 
Barkov and Reinhardt have never played well together. I mean, never. This is Reinhardt's third season in Florida. They have almost 600 minutes together at five on five. 2.4 expected goals per 60 minutes. That's below league average. That's Alexander Barkov with a below league average goal rate in over in nearly 600 minutes together with Sam Reinhardt. And it's not just strictly bad luck. Only 2.66 expected goals for generated per 60 minutes. It's like 35% lower than Barkov with any other winger. Like go through the list. Duclair, Verhage, um, you know, certainly Kachuk, Rodriguez now. Like whatever it is, those two just have a lot of trouble creating quality offense when they're on the ice. And they're pretty good defensively but they they're they don't like Barkov's line just doesn't carry the play as well so I like it's not a great matchup going against Alexander Barkov it never is but you know no Ekblad um no Montour still obviously you mentioned Florida's penalties second or one of the most penalized teams in the league last year certainly top five I think they might have been third um behind Ottawa and Arizona so you know, I certainly do like that New Jersey second line, Meyer, Hisher, Palat, especially where, where Palat's so cheap and getting bumped up the lineup. But I'm having a hard time getting away from the top line. Like, I really am. Like, on the New Jersey side, anyway. Um, they've just been so good uh, to start this season. Like, 83 shot attempts per 60 minutes of 5-on-5 five five to start the season. Um, you know, Hughes has five points in two games, 10 shots in those two games. Um the ice time is a little bit of a concern. I think to Foley's at like 15 and a half minutes. That's definitely not what you want, but they're going to be going into that second line from Florida and the second line from Florida. We'll get to them in a second. As good as they are offensively, they also give up a lot defensively in like way, way more than the Barkov line. Um, you know, 3.7 expected goals against for Verhage and Kachuk when they skate together. So that's, that's, a, that's giving up a lot of chances. Um, So I, I I think I like that New Jersey top line, most of their top two lines, um, even, you know, factoring into the savings that you would get on New Jersey two. New Jersey three kind of looks interesting to me. Mercer, Holla, and Holtz. Like, now that Florida's completely stacked their top two lines, like, there's no one left in that depth. Like, uh, like Anton Lundell, I think, is a decent player. But you're looking at Justin Sordiff, who I think is playing his first NHL game. He'll be his debut if he plays. Yeah, Nick Cousins, who's like, you know, this the brotherhood of the traveling hockey bag, like going around from team to team year after year. Um, like there's, you know, what you're getting into those defensemen, like, you know, Kulikov and Josh Mahura and those guys, you're not going up against the top pair. You know, that New Jersey third line is only coming in at 1% ownership. Like, if you don't, if you just want a two-man like Holtz and Mercer for the power play, I think that's fine. And just two-man those guys. But I kind of like that on the New Jersey side. On the Florida side, I went through all the reasons why Barkov and Reinhardt just haven't been good offensively. So, like, I don't think I need to keep going there. It's I, I wonder if Evan Rodriguez can make a difference for them. But where Evan Rodriguez has typically struggled shooting percentage-wise, like basically his whole career, like I can't imagine he's going to be the guy to unlock the secret to creating better quality chances on that top line. And I love Rodriguez. He's one of my favorite underrated players in the league. I just don't think he's going to be, you know, the secret sauce as long as Reinhardt's there. It's Florida too. Like Florida too is one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate here tonight. Um, you have Kachuk, Verhage, and Lusterine. And now, um, Kachuk and Verhage, I mentioned how they've been giving up a lot defensively. 
<laughs> offensively, they're at 4.2 expected goals per 60 minutes together in their time uh, since Kachuk got to Florida. Not a huge sample, but Kachuk basically drives those numbers with everybody. And Verhage is one of the best dual threat, even strength forwards in the league, like passing and shooting. The reason he doesn't have a lot of assist totals is because Barkov really doesn't score a ton of five-on-five goals, and they haven't had a winger on the other side um, to fill the net either. But he is a really good playmaker. Itu Lusarainen, like, he's a pretty good playmaker as well. Like, that line's going to get the Jack Hughes line. And, you know, Jack Hughes creates a lot offensively. They're not elite defensively or anything approaching that. So I think it's Kachuk, Verhage, and Lusarainen that I like best in this game. Like, period. Um, right after them would be the New Jersey top line, but that's kind of where I'm at. I don't see any reason to play anything in the Florida bottom six, unless, you know, if you're 150 maxing, you're going to see weird lineups with like, you know, you'll see a Kevin Stenland in there somewhere, um, people playing them with the, with the Florida top line or something like that. But I don't see any reason to stack any of the bottom two lines from Florida. Yeah. And just as a strategy uh, add on there. If the Hughes line sees the Luster Ryan line, I know it's not possible to game to game stack those two lines together. It's too expensive, but you generally don't want to stack two lines going up against each other. Like the range of outcomes for both of them to go off is pretty low. But I mean, the it's not possible stacking tonight. That being said, I, I do. I, I'm with you on Florida too. Like. The the New Jersey goaltending is not very good at all. They do take a bunch of penalties. They do have a very good penalty kill. But, like, the goaltending in this game is very suspect, which is why you're seeing it lined at a 7 over under. So, I think, you know, depending on your preference, I think the Hughes line or Florida 2 is where I'm going. Before we get to the next one, I see our pal and neighborhood-friendly Haas has given us a $4.99 super chat. Thank you very much. said, Josh. Did you, by chance, hop on the NJ Turnpike and head to the Taj Mahal in AC yesterday? The NJ Turnpike was literally the only road I wasn't on yesterday. I, I toured New Jersey. I was on every major highway except for the Turnpike. People from New Jersey, if you're from New Jersey, don't go on the Turnpike unless it's an absolute emergency. Only people from out of state drive on the Turnpike. If you missed the 10% off uh, membership, we were talking to Jake about it, our, our boss Jake, chiseled jawline, you know the guy, wavy hair, super good looking. He was like, yeah, we had some demand for it, so we're bringing it back. For today only, there was big demand for it. Some people DM me, missed out on it. So if you click the link in the description below, you can get 10% off weekly and monthly memberships to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and owner, ownership projections, top stacks tools, line combinations, and the Discord. Today is the last day. We're bringing it back for one night only. I feel like it's a DX reunion. 10% off, but you have to click the uh, the link in the description to get the 10% off weekly or monthly memberships. You probably should do it. Oh, and Elway's Army said do it. And my man, I forgot about you at the top of the show because the weekend is long. And I have a memory span of a squirrel. He had a huge night the other night. He won, I think it was the poke check, right? He tagged you too. You have a better memory than I do, but he had a huge night. Uh, Congrats to you. Um, (laughs) 
Now, KJ says, wow, no shout out from Josh on the Haas credit score. Yeah, if you want to get in the Discord, you're going to get some, you're going to see Haas tagging me in some weird shit. He uh, <laughs> tagged me just to tell me he has an 820 credit score. Like, congrats. Like, you can get a loan. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's something. Maybe you can take out a loan and subscribe to uh, Stochastic for uh, the full season. Yeah, for real. Instead of, you know, Asking me about uh, he signed up. He actually used the link in the yeah, description. Yeah, that's true. I should, I should actually crazy. Yeah. He listened to something we said for once, which is awesome because Haas, great guy, will ask 36 people the different que- the same question until he gets the answer he wants to hear. But anyway, let's move on to the next one. The Arizona Coyotes with a 2.7 total heading into uh, Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 3.8 total. It is not King Carroll in that tonight. It is Connor Ingram for the Yotes. I'm still a big Connor Ingram guy. Uh, I thought it was kind of silly that the National Predators just kind of sent him to the recycling bin when they could have gotten something for him. I think he is a very viable backup, and he could actually probably be a low-end starter in this league. Uh, Rangers getting a ton of ownership here tonight, especially that Panarin, Heedle, and Lafreniere line because they are still under uh, 14,000. They are 13.9. Their ownership is double their top two stack percentage. That being said, I think it is a very good matchup. There are a bunch of coolies in this game. Rangers three coming in wildly overowned because they're 10,600 Trocheck Wheeler and Will Cooley coming off his first NHL goal. Um, the other Cooley, Logan Cooley, Jason Zucker, Kerfoot, that line's getting almost no ownership. But um, in this game, actually the lowest owned Rangers line is the top line. They haven't. They're having the same issue that they had last year. It's a finishing issue. Um, they're also like if there's one line on the Yotes that is decent <laughs> defensively, it is that Keller, Hayton, Schmaltz line, and the Zabanajan line is going to see that line. <sighs> like I, I get that the Heat line's in the best matchup, but if you're going to get the top Rangers line at 17-1, around 6%, I think you kind of go there because Arizona takes a ton of penalties and their penalty kill is not good at all. So while the five-on-five matchup really favors the Heat line, I want to get that power play exposure at lower ownership on the Zabanajan line. Yeah, Arizona led the league uh, in power play opportunities given to the opponent last year. And I, I wrote it up uh, again um, in that picks article because I was talking about Artemi Panarin. Um, they t- they t- took something like, it was like, there's a bigger gap between them and second place for power play opportunities given to the opponent than second and eighth place or something like that. Like there was like, they were firing away the most penalized team in the league last year. And I went and looked, they, they gave up five power plays in the first game um, of this season. I also wonder, like they've had a pretty brutal travel schedule, right? Like them and the Kings had to go to Australia for that, you know, preseason showcase or whatever. They came back. They basically, they had like four or five, they had like four days off during training camp, which I don't think is necessarily ideal when you're trying to ramp up uh, for a season. Um, and then they start, and then they start on the East coast. They start with an East coast trip. So you go from Australia to Arizona, get four days off, have like a week of training camp and then fly back out East um, for a pair of games. Like it just seems like a pretty bad schedule for them to start. Now, 
as you mentioned with the Rangers top line, it, the, the finishing has always been in the issue. We, we brought it up on both the shows where we've had the Rangers play. Um, they play really well with Capo Caco up there and they even, um, they're, you know, well above average in uh, goals for goals against the problem is like the, the numbers of goals for goals against are very high, um, uh, because they don't finish like 61 shot attempts, um, per 60 in 21 plus minutes so far this season. And they still have yet to score. The other issue is ice time, right? Um, there hasn't really been a lot of ice time. Kako is, uh, of the three guys on the top line, Kako is getting the most five on five time and he's sixth on the team. Now it's just two games, right? But, you know, playing 16, 17 minutes, that's not what you want from your top line. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. And that concerns me a little bit, but it's not concerning enough to where I'd be like, no, I don't want to play them on a five game slate at home to Arizona. You know what I mean? Like if this was like a 10 gamer and Carolina was in town or something like that, it would be, it would be a completely different story. So I I think they're still perfectly fine because they do have those two guys on the top power play unit. Power play has looked good. Like aside from the second line, it's the power play that has stood out to me through New York's first two games. Like, um, it's, it, it looked better than I can remember watching it last season. That's for sure. Um, you get two guys on the top power play unit, you know, Kreider has three goals in two games. They can still get it done. Like they can still pretty much get all the fantasy value you need through the power play, especially where they're, they might get a lot of chances here tonight with Arizona in town. So I think I agree with you. Like the Rangers second line, I like to my eye has looked like their best line so far this season, the line of um, Panarin, Lafreniere and Hedl. And I wrote up our Timmy Panarin in that picks article, mainly because he's so cheap, right? Like his DraftKings price is low six thousands. FanDuel's not that far off. And like his projection is basically in line with the guys that are in the seven, eight K range. So um, I, I think they're fine to play on a cost basis, but I think just for ownership, um, I would rather dip down to that Rangers uh, or go up to that Rangers first line. Sorry. Dipping down to the third line is something I cannot recommend. When we look at their ownership, 9% ownership on that Rangers third line. And they have played well. Like, don't get me wrong. They have played well. And on a short slate, you know, things can happen. Um, two man of Trocek and Cooley, I guess, would be fine. It's depending what you do with the rest of your lineup. I just think if I'm playing the Rangers, I want as many guys on the power play as I can. And that's definitely going to the Criders advantage at Kako line. On the Arizona side, I am quite interested in that top line. Um, five game slate. 
you know, Zabanjai Kreider line is good. It's going to be a tough matchup, especially if I think they said Ryan Lingram might be back. I know he's not necessarily going to play with Fox, but it just gives him a little bit um, of defensive depth. He's a game time decision on the blue line. But they're only coming in with four and a half percent ownership. Um, their leverage is uh, one of the better uh, leverage spots on the night, especially when you consider, um, especially when you consider their price, because there's a whole bunch of good lines right around that 17k range, and all of them are are expected to come in with higher ownership. So I get if you I get if you don't want to play Arizona going up against Igor Shosturkin, can be pretty tough. You know, 520 minutes together last year, 3.9 goals scored per 60 minutes. They were legit, and Barrett Hayton legitimately made them better. If you look at Arizona top lines numbers over the last three years, with Hayton, it's 27% more expected goals and 17% more goals scored per, per 60 minutes. Like, those are really big numbers. So it's not just Keller and Schmaltz carrying some guy. Like, I hate to say it, kind of like they did with Travis Boyd. It's... Sorry, like there's a reason why he was a healthy scratch to start the season. Um, it's Barrett Hayton legitimately contributing, especially um, in the defensive end. You don't necessarily need good defensive hockey to be valuable in, in DFS, but it does help being able to get the puck out of your zone and back towards the offensive zone. So uh, I do like the Rangers top line or the Arizona top line here tonight. I'm sorry. sorry. There are a bunch of lines right in that 17K range, and that's what kind of sucks is like, Depending on what you want to do with the rest of your lineup, like they're basically they're seven hundred dollars cheaper than Florida two. Like I'm sorry, I'd rather play Florida two here tonight. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of where it is. Like they're relatively the same prices at uh, Columbus Jenner line. They're re- relatively the same prices as the Rangers top line we just mentioned. You know, if I can get the Rangers top line a little bit higher on, but you know, at home in that matchup, and probably with better power play upside. I'd rather just play the Rangers. So I do like Arizona here tonight. The problem is that there are just other lines basically at the exact same price that I would rather play. So I'm recommending them, but I'm not, if that kind of makes sense. Um, the Arizona second line is kind of interesting. Cooley, Zucker, Kerfoot. Like Cooley's getting ice time, or he got ice time in the first game. A lot of it was because of the power play. He got like five minutes of power play time uh, in that first game. Um, the reason he didn't get more is because they got a power play in overtime that obviously he wasn't skating on, but you know, generated quite a bit in their small sample. Like I was looking at a prospect model for Logan Cooley in the updated prospect compare uh, prospect model comparisons from him. Um, the website's called hockeyprospecting.com. It's certainly nothing to do through us. It's just something that I, I, I like to research through the lower end of his comparables were Jeff Skinner and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So that's like, if things don't really work out for Logan Cooley, that's what it kind of expects him to turn into. So it kind of gives a, a a little bit of insight into how good he could be right now. And like Jason Zucker is a good player. Like he's not an elite player, but he is a good, like kind of like dual threat player. He's a better shooter than passer, but he can kind of do it both. Alex Kerfoot, like I know we made a lot of fun of him in Toronto, but at least he's responsible defensively, um, can help out in that regard. So I honestly don't hate Arizona too. If you want to do a little bit of a filler, like maybe leave off her foot and just go like Cooley Zucker or something like that. I think that's perfectly fine. Arizona three is playable, but they're coming in a little bit over owned. I think like they're, they might like get to 2% ownership, which I think is a little high for them, especially where the Rangers third line has looked so good. So I'd be inclined to like one off loss and Kraus or something like that. I don't know if I would full stack that line. So Arizona one, 
uh, Rangers one in this game for me. I think I would rather play Arizona one just because I think they'll come in lower owned. But the problem is, is for both those lines, I think there are other lines elsewhere on the slate at a relatively the same price that I like better. Yeah, and just to just give a put a little cherry on top, Arizona one. They're a good line, not just for the Arizona Coyotes. Like they're an actually good NHL top line. So, and that's that's the other thing with Arizona too, like or with Arizona as well. Um, third line: Kraus, Michelli, Bugstad. Not a great line, but when was the last time they had a third line that good? Has it been since the 2013 lockout? I don't think so. It's got to be at least a decade. I'm not being flippant here. I'm being serious. Yeah. Um... What was his name? The guy got he ended up getting traded to Minnesota and his career kind of sputtered out. He was a center. I I'll, I'll remember like at three in the morning and it's going to wake me up. But yeah, no, but like I kind of agree with you there. Uh, let's move on to the next one before I completely go off the tracks here. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.5 total heading into it was not Victor Rask. Um, that's a good guess. Chicago with a 2.5 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 4.2 total. Uh, here we are with the Leafs again. Like, here we are. Toronto won. Matthews back-to-back hat tricks. He's probably going to score tonight. They're going to be chalky. It's just a matter of, um, there we go. Martin Hansel. Richie got it. Um Martin Hansel was the guy. Thank you. Now I'm going to sleep well tonight. Matthews is probably going to score tonight. He's going to be chalked. They're, I think they're the most expensive line on the slate. It's just a matter of what you want to do with them. Uh, Taylor Hall should be back for uh, the Hawks tonight. He's admitted he's not 100%, so it's kind of an interesting situation. They're another one of those lines right at the 17,000 mark, along with Toronto 2, uh, which is now Tavares, Nylander, Callie Yonkrock, uh, Max Domi down in the third line with uh, Kuniz and... Frazier Minton, which is an excellent name, but they're only $9,000 going up against the bottom six of um, the Hawks. That could be interesting, but I kind of like both top lines in this game. I have question marks about Hall. Health, you were mentioning it was his shoulder. I I think it's just what you want to do with Toronto 1. Do you want to eat the ownership? They're getting positive leverage based off the top two stack percentage. It's just a matter of what you're going to pair them with, how you're going to be different, and make sure you're not duped. Yeah, it's it's it was interesting looking into the early season Bedard numbers because obviously you know he's just completely ridiculous. Um, but I was looking at um, how much of the offense he's actually chewing up, and <laughs> he's taking something like. 41 or 42 percent of all the shot attempts that that chicago has when when he's on the ice so he's taking over he's like the the other four guys are all averaging like 15 percent, and he's at like 42 percent or something like that it is absolutely bonkers just how much he's shooting the puck early on like um if you look at at, at somebody like austin matthews I think he's at like 27% or something like he was at like 27% last season. Like it literally is Bedard and then a bunch of guys. And I hate to say that because I do like Taylor Hall, but the thing with Taylor Hall returning, like he said, he admitted he's not hundred percent. I think the quote said the quote was he's not feeling a hundred and ten percent. 
which, you know, I always think of that Simpson skit. Can't be 110%. Um, the problem is, is it's his left shoulder. And as we were talking about before the show, his left shoulder is one that he had all those problems with um, back at the start of his career. So is it something that's going to crop up over and over? Like, is he going to take a big hit 10 minutes into the game? Or not even a big hit, just like a solid hit against the glass in the corner. And then all of a sudden he's gone. That's that's kind of the problem. Like they're coming in with between five and six percent ownership, which is giving them positive leverage because we have them as ten. The Chicago top line is ten percent top two stack probability here on DraftKings. Um, they're all going to skate on the top power play units as long as as, as Hall's uh, in the lineup. So I honestly don't even hate going in that direction. Like you know, obviously Chicago's not a good team, but if they're going to score a bunch of goals, it's fair to assume that you know some of them are going to come from that top line um you know Montreal just went into Toronto last week and put in five goals and I wouldn't consider Montreal's top line to really be that much better than this Chicago top line so I I don't hate the idea of going to Chicago one like I think I think I would rather play them than rather play them than Arizona one which you know our own Josh Anderson might um you know slap me in person if I if he ever hears me say that again because he's a he's a big Arizona pusher um but I don't hate the 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 idea of going that direction because if, if this team does get to three or four goals like I have I have a hard time believing it's going to be on the back of like you know Boris Kachuk and, and Nick Felino. you know what I mean so um I I don't mind Chicago one here tonight it is a tough matchup going up against Toronto but like you know, hopefully they get some ice time against John Klingberg. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, at least against that, that forward line. It's yeah, just- the Leafs blue line is a mess. And their goaltending, Ilya Wotanoff, is just, you know, they, they have issues back there. If, like, Klingberg is their top pair getting big minutes a night, like, there's going to be issues there. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, you know, if you want to leave, leave Hall off, I think you can do that because he's 5k, right? It's not like he's a $3,100. Oh, you're turning purple on us. That a boy. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, Grimace over here is starting to get angry. Um, so t- Taylor Hall is 5k. So even if he has a night where he has like two assists and a shot or something like that, it's really not like a, a slate breaking score. So you want to leave Hall off, I think you can do that. But obviously, you know, perfect correlation. If he does last the game, you might want him there. So I do like – I don't mind Chicago 1 here tonight. Chicago 2, like, I don't know, man. Like, Tyler Johnson's shooting the puck quite a bit to start the season, which I, I can't believe. Like, basically anybody that's not Connor Bedard that's shooting is named Tyler Johnson. So, you know, if he can keep that up. Kelly Yarncroft rejoining the second line kind of changes that line, like, I wouldn't have minded attacking the second line when Max Domi was there because Max Domi's just a black hole defensively, but Kelly Yarncroft is definitely not. So I think it makes it a lot tougher for that Chicago line. So if anything, like a one-off Corey Perry, uh, you know, maybe a one-off Jason Dickinson or something like that, like attack the Toronto bottom six because that – you know, we talk about it basically every show. The Toronto bottom six is just getting steamrolled, and I have a hard time believing Adam adding Max Domi is going to, you know, level things out defensively. So, um, 
you know, something like a one-off Corey Perry, certainly where he's going to get some power break time, pair him with Jason Dickinson. I think I'd rather do that than play anybody from the Chicago second line, to be honest. Um, on the Toronto side, like I do love that Toronto top line here tonight. Yes, they're coming in with a ton of ownership. Um, 22% ownership, but we have them at third, nearly 33% top two stacks. So, um, you know, coming in with positive leverage, they've been je- over 35 shots per 60 minutes um, to start the year, which is higher than what they were last year. You know, Matthews, he's shooting, getting a lot of ice time. He's on the penalty kill, which, you know, one thing we talked about, I think on the first or second show of the year was how forwards are blocking a lot more shots than they were even just like three years ago. Matthews is one of those guys. And if he's getting some extra penalty kill time, like it might add, you know, a block shot every other game or something like that, which is a lot, you know, once you add it up towards the end of the season. So don't mind Toronto one. I think you can, like, I don't feel good leaving off Tyler Bertuzzi, but he's really not getting a ton of ice time, like 15 to 16 minutes. He is getting five on five ice time. Like they are leaving that line together, but William Nylander is just shooting the puck so much that if they do feel, fill the net here tonight, it feels kind of thin that Nylander stays off the score sheet completely. So I think going more towards like some sort of Toronto power play stack or even a Josh stack, like stacking six players from Toronto, I think is perfectly acceptable. Um, If you want to do like a Matthews and Nylander and then stack the Chicago top line to make a game stack, I think that's certainly in play as well. Um, I'll be kind of surprised if this stays as a low score, but you know, the NHL surprises us on a daily basis. The second line, had been generating a lot of offense with Domi. They had been giving up a lot with Domi as well. And I think that's why you saw him move down. I don't think they'll be as potent offensively uh, with Yarncroft there. Uh, but Nylander shooting the puck the way he is. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Even if you don't stack Toronto 2, I, fi- I'll fi- I find it pretty hard to leave Domi off. Or, sorry, not Domi. Definitely not Domi. I find it hard to leave Nylander off uh, just about any Toronto stack that I'd make tonight. Yeah. And uh, purple might be my color. Uh, but another thing, <laughs> I, I, you just you smashed the Leafs bottom six, and they took their best defensive forward out of the bottom six and replaced him with Matt Stoney. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, listen, it can work, right? Like a couple of years, when, when Colorado won their Stanley Cup, it was basically just riding two lines to glory. Like, yeah. like their third, fourth lines really didn't get that much ice time. The difference between Colorado and Toronto is Colorado has Picard, Taves, and Byram, and Toronto doesn't. They have. <laughs> I don't even know who they have down there. It's that bad. 
Uh, we'll, 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 you know, I'm sure we'll, this won't be the last time we uh, throw the Leafs under the bus. But as we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Bet365. Bet $5 and get $150 in bonus uh, bets when you de- sign up and deposit with a minimum of $10. This is available in Kentucky, Ohio, New Jersey, Virginia, Iowa, and Colorado. If you're on one of the borders of these states, I suggest hopping in your vehicle and driving over the border and getting this deal. You have to be 21 plus, unless you're in Kentucky, uh, you have to be 18 there. If you or anyone else you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you do follow my big dog, plus money props of the night, you can tail that tonight on Bet365. It is, I don't even remember what it is. It is, oh, Alex DeBrincat, power play point. Uh, yeah, so you can tail that. If you sign up, you can get free bonus bets with it. Let's get to the last game of the night. The Calgary Flames have a 3.3 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.1. This game is interesting. All these games are at um, 7 o'clock, by the way, which is nice. I, my my old candy ass can go to sleep before 11, which is huge for me. Uh, top line of Elias Lindholm, Jonathan Huberdeau, Andrew Mangiapane, 14,300. They're right around their top two stack percentage with ownership there. Cardio line coming in over-owned for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but... One thing I noticed in the Capitals-Penguins game, which was the Capitals' first of the season, the Capitals, the Capitals looked awful. I was going to say, did you notice that they sucked ass? <laughs> <laughs> but something you mentioned to me today uh, was that uh, Ovechkin, Oshie, Backstrom, after like the first few shifts, they stopped going uh, line one versus line one matchup. And they went out against the fourth line of Pittsburgh, and they still suck. So like <laughs> – I don't know, man. Like, this is a tough matchup for Washington. I know um, Calgary melted down in the third period against Pittsburgh. Uh, It is what it is. But, like, this line I'd be interested in playing in 2014. You know what I mean? Like, not 2023. I I don't know, man. Like, you can have them in your mix. Anytime you can get relatively low owned Ovechkin on a five-game slate, I guess, like, is fine. But my most interest – in. I don't even know what I'm saying. The line I'm most interested in in this game is the Calgary top line. Yeah. Um, Ovechkin coming in at 5% ownership. Like, that's always scary, man. Like, it's a five-game slate. I know that line isn't expected to be good. Like you said, four years ago or whatever, I actually looked at their numbers from before, like, um, last year. Because, you know, last year, Oshie was hurt basically all year. Backstrom was a shell of himself when he came back from his hip surgery, whatever. From 2019 to 2022, they scored three and a half goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Like they were a really, really, really good line. They're just, there hasn't been a sample over the last, you know, two seasons, one plus seasons or whatever, because of all the injuries. Um, They didn't get a lot of ice time in that first game. Might've been the fact that they were getting their brains beat in. Um, No need to play them a lot. Uh, But yeah, they did get moved to the depth matchups. And that's a little bit interesting for me because, you know, if they can somehow get out against that Kadri, um, that Kadri Dubé line, I think that could go well for them, for Washington, um, for that Backstrom line, because you know Kadri and Dubé aren't really going to carry the load defensively. I can tell you that much. And you know, you don't definitely don't want to go out against Backlund and Coleman, but um, such is the game. 
what's more interesting to me is that not only is this line coming in with positive leverage, but Nicholas Backstrom has made a huge difference on the Washington power play, even when he's been like just moderately healthy to the point where he helps double their goal scoring output when he's actually on the ice. So where Calgary was like a top 10 team by uh, penalties taken last year, like the Washington power play could be in a good spot here tonight. You know, the Flames goaltending hasn't looked great to start the year. Like, let's be honest. Um, three three goals, I think, given up in game one. Five, four goals or five goals in game two. Like, Markstrom, you know, he really hasn't been, you know, stellar to start the season after a bad year last year. So, I honestly don't hate that Washington top line. But again, they're in that mix with all those other 17k lines, right? The the Chicago one, the Florida two, uh, the New Jersey two, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just a matter of do you want to play them over all the other lines that are very similarly priced? You know, if you're 20 maxing or 150, you're certainly going to have uh, your fair share of them. It's just you know decisions to make if you're in single entry, multi entry. It's Washington two that's kind of interesting to me here, and I can't believe I, I'm saying I'm interested in a line with Tom Wilson on it. But Kuznetsov and Wilson have been able to score over a huge sample of minutes, over 750 minutes together, 3.1 goals per 60 minutes. If you look at Evgeny Kuznetsov's season last year, like, yeah, he only had 55 points. He also only shot 7%. If he shoots anywhere as close to his normal rate, he adds literally 10 goals to his total, and then he's a 65-point player on an awful team. And if you look at some of his playmaking making metrics, his scoring chance assist rate, which is the rate that he assists on teammate scoring chances, was right in line with guys like Claude Giroux and Kirill Kaprizov. It's just that, you know, a lot of the guys were hurt and just not either not in the lineup or playing injured. So where Kuznetsov and Wilson have played typically played so well together, Connor McMichael's on that line now. Connor McMichael's a prospect I've been high on, it feels like, for like five years. And it looks like he's finally getting a chance to really break through. I kind of like that Washington second line. They're not coming in with a ton of ownership. They're coming in with negative leverage, you know, 2.5% top two probability on DraftKings, about 5.2% ownership. It's a little bit over-owned. But if you look at, you know, some of the other way over owned spots, like that Rangers third line that we talked about earlier, that's coming at like 9% ownership. I think I would rather play Washington here. You get Kuznetsov on the top line, or top power play unit. You get Wilson on the second power play unit. Um, Ovechkin plays both of them. So you can stack them with Ovechkin if you want, if you don't want to play McMichael. So don't mind Washington two. Honestly, don't even mind Washington three. Uh, our boys Dylan Strom and Sonny Milano are now playing with Matthew Phillips. And I had a suggestion from a, a, a Twitter follower earlier about what we should name that line because, you know, Milano got, you know, sent away by Anaheim for whatever reason. Um, you know, Chicago dumped Strom for literally nothing, which still just boggles the mind. And Calgary got rid of Matthew Phillips. I want to call him the rejection line. That might have been a little tough. The castaway line is something I kind of like. Um, great movie with Tom Hanks. Good name for the line. Stroman Milano, pretty bad defensively, but pretty good offensively. Don't mind them, um, you know, if you if you need like a super cheap two-man stack somewhere, put, you know, Stroman Phillips, Stroman Milano, something like that. So I think it's the Washington second and third lines that I like 
best, but I don't mind the Washington side here at all. On the Calgary side, I think for me it's top line or bust. Um, the Calgary three line, Backlund, Coronado, Coleman, they're coming in a little bit over-owned. And if I'm going to play an over-owned line in this game, I'm just going to go play Washington too. Like I'll go play guys that are are, are um, at least have a good sample together. Um, Calgary won. 14,300 on DraftKings, not coming in with a ton of ownership, 5.5%. Lindholm and Mangiapane have great numbers together, which is surprising considering how bad Calgary was with a lot of their line combinations last year. But 3.3 expected goals, 4.7 actual goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Looks like uh, Andrew Mangiapane's rebounding from a down year last year. He's typically a really, really good goal scorer. Um Calgary's, you know, I'm not worried really about any matchup from the Washington side. You get two out of three, two out of three guys on the top power play unit. So I think on the Calgary side, I like their top line the best pretty easily. Um, on the Washington side, I think it's the second line, but I do think Washington has three playable lines here tonight. I know they looked really bad in their first game. Maybe they are really bad. A lot of my projections, season-long projections are muted on them because they're all so old. But, you know, Calgary's may, might not be that great of a team either. So I think Washington has three playable lines here, but Calgary has one. Yeah, they are very old. And Evgeny Kuznetsov could be an eight ball away from becoming Bobby Boom. So, like, you just you just don't know. He's not in the chat to defend himself, but I'm sure he'll get back to him. <laughs> uh, coming up after us, only one show later, NFL Showdown Live for Locke at 7.15 with Lafay and Neil. So if you are playing showdown i am i will be tuning in at 7 p.m 7 15 p.m eastern let's talk a little bit about defensemen and goalies who are you liking on the blue line i mean i don't really love the expensive options here tonight i mentioned john carlson in that picks article for fanduel because he's quite a bit cheaper on fanduel he's like the sixth or seventh defenseman by uh by cost uh on fanduel tonight even though he leads on DraftKings. don't mind uh carlson on fanduel i think Dougie Hamilton, if I'm really paying up, like obviously Adam Fox against Arizona. Okay. But I think a lot of people are going to play Luke Hughes instead of, instead of Dougie Hamilton, just because of the price. And, you know, anytime I can get Dougie Hamilton at single digit ownership on, on a slate with five games is at home um, in a really good high pace matchup. I, that's something I'll always look towards. Uh, in the mid price range, I mentioned Shane Goss's earlier. I think you might want to think about including him in your Detroit stacks. Obviously, John Klingberg uh, running the power play for Toronto. Great spot for him. He should get ownership. Uh, Gustav Forsling, probably going to get the second most ice time after Oliver ekman Larson. He can rack up uh, some shots. So don't mind Forsling either. On the cheaper side, uh, Travis Dermott, if you need a Stoneman price uh, defenseman. Obviously, Sean Dersey. Sean Dersey's still underpriced by like $1,000. So He's going to be like 25% owned here tonight. Just be aware of that. But uh, Sean Dersey, certainly Luke Hughes, as I mentioned. Damon Severson, he's going to be running one of those new power play units uh, in Columbus. I think he's only like 3,100 or 3,200. He's quite a bit cheaper than Provorov. So I like Severson. Um, Dmitry Kulikov as well uh, from, uh, from Florida. He should get some minutes. Rasmus Sandin played the second most minutes of any defenseman in Washington in their first game behind John Carlson. And he's running the second power play unit. And they basically split the two units. Um, Ovech, and Ovechkin plays both of them. But it'll give Sandin some uh, some power play time. And Kevin Korchinski, 
who is not in the player pool on FanDuel, despite this being Chicago's fourth game of the season. Uh, 2,900 on DK. Don't mind him either. Yeah. Uh, at risk of absolutely curse chatting or curse chatting, uh, chat cursing this player, Klingberg, 45 minutes in two games this season, zero block shots, one shot on goal. Great spot. Not a big peripheral guy. I, I mean, it's basically Morgan Riley from last year, but a thousand dollars less, right? Yep. So I get it. Go absolutely again tonight, but it is it is what it is. I just had to throw that out there. Looking at some goalies, uh, Joseph Wall making his uh, season debut uh, for Toronto. Igor Shosturkin, they're both eighty three hundred. If you want to spend up, I uh, like the goalie pool tonight is an absolute mess because you have Spencer Martin, you have Connor Ingram, you have Darcy Kemper, James Reimer for Detroit tonight. Like, who do you like? Like, I don't like much. No, and I'm not somebody that usually pays up for goalies, but Vanacek was the guy that immediately stood out. Um, I wrote about in the picks article, he's one of four goalies we have projected for at least 29 saves here tonight. And of those four goalies, we have him for the lowest goals against. Florida went into Minnesota and put up like 41 or 42 shots or something like that. And Minnesota is typically a pretty good defensive team. They certainly haven't looked like it so far this year, but typically. So I think the spend-up option for me would be Vanacek. <laughs> I I guess Peter Mrazek, if you really want to go cheap, um, it'd be Mrazek or Ingram for me. I don't think there's really a great option, a great super cheap option uh, here tonight. Uh, Bobrovsky, I think, obviously is fine. If I'm if I'm saving a lot of money, it's probably P- Peter Mrazek is the super cheap goalie that I'm playing, but it's between Bobrovsky, Mrazek, and Ingram for the super cheap guys tonight. Yeah, it's a mess and goalie. Just, you know, do it, whatever it is that you do and – if you like a guy, play him. Um, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I'm going with a guy that's not uh, might not get a lot of power play time, but I do love his line here tonight. Um, he's brought me to the promised land once before. Let's see if he can do it again. Carter Verhage. Nice. If he ever got top power play time, he might be a 100-point player. <laughs> like, he probably would be. But <laughs> It's crazy, man. Like, oh, my God. I am going Alex DeBrincat. We're going all in on different cat. Yeah. All right. I like it. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully I won't be purple, although it, it looks good. But um, we have the spinorama tomorrow, 100K to first. So big slate, eight games. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, make sure to uh, smash that like button on the way out. And if you still are on the fence, this is the last day to get the 10% off weekly and monthly memberships. Good luck tonight, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact CT Lounge and Company today. 
Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. C.T. Lowndes & Company has been helping protect and insuring the Low Country since 1850. Visit ctlowndes.com to learn more and request a quote. That's C-T-L-O-W-N-D-E-S dot com.